BC women's basketball takes number five NC State to the limit, but can't finish them off. Jeff Halfley's philosophy on recruiting and the NIL deals. Is he doing the right thing? And Super Bowl talk as we head into Sunday's big game. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can check out all my work over there on the site. All right, let's talk quickly about women's basketball. We're going to kick it off with the women who on Thursday had one of their best games of the season where they played number five NC State. They had leads throughout the game, but in the end, they weren't able to finish them off. Cam Schwartz led the Eagles with 24 points. Again, her shooting has come along such a uh, great deal this year. She was electric through that first half. BC jumped out to a 23-12 lead. They looked in control. But, you know, when you play these better teams in women's basketball, you always have to be ready for them to punch back because these are not the games where you could run away with it. And they have the talent on a team like NC State to really do what they what they do best, which is to to beat you. And Diamond Johnson led NC State with 22 points. Taylor Soul had 16 rebounds. Oh, sorry, 16 points for the Eagles. So BC comes out to a lead. Uh, they're shooting well. They're they're really uh, putting together their offense. They're looking good. NC State strikes back. They have they outscore BC in the second period to bring the score um, to a tie at halftime. And the tie comes when Allie Van Timmeren hits a um, three, or sorry, Cam Schwartz hits a three-pointer going into halftime. So BC uh, goes out the second half. They start playing from behind. Then they hit a shot with a second and a half left in the game to tie it up and send the game to overtime. When you get to overtime, that's when the real ballers come out, and that's what NC State did. You know, they they outscored BC fifteen to eight in that final period, and they take the win. You know, it's hard, it's it's hard to get a great like a real reaction to this because on one hand, right, you want to feel happy for BC when in in this league when you play a team that's twenty and three, and you know they're the reigning ACC champions, they. They're one of the best teams in the country. There are, you know, all the bracketologies has them in as a one seed. And you play them to overtime, you want to feel good about that. But there's that old adage that close doesn't count unless you're playing hand grade hand grenades or horseshoes. And that's kind of what this feels like, right? It's a gut punch. You were just there. You were so close to that monumental upset, and you couldn't finish it off. You know, Joanna McNamee's team has been there. You know, they they have their good wins. You know, Notre Dame's a very good win. They've had some in the years past, you know, the, the run in the tournament. This would have been the, the cream of the crop for BC. This would have been that big win that the women, sport, women team needed. You know, they're out there in their pink jerseys for breast cancer awareness. The, the stadium was rocking. I mean, every time they hit a play, it was it was a big deal. And you love to see. I mean... You just love to see Cam Schwartz and Taylor Soul out there just punching them in the face, metaphorically, of course. But you hate to see what happens. And 
it, it's such a, a negative feeling, but you just know it when you're playing a team that's that good, you're just waiting for them to go on a run. And that's exactly what NC State did. They just, you know, BC came out all guns blazing. And then NC State just rallied and they held on and it was close. BC looked like they were going to be able to kind of bring it back at the end. They hit some big shots at both ends of the of the halves. But, you know, NC State, good teams win. And they figure out how to win. That's exactly what NC State did there. Um, hopefully, BC can continue to build from this. Now, as I said on last episode, last episode after a game, you know, the women's team, they're now 15-9. and nine. They're starting to play themselves out of NCAA consideration at this point. You want this team is good. They're just they, they need some more signature wins. Like they have that at Notre Dame win and they had a good streak there, but they're playing poorly. Uh they're not that they're playing poorly. They're just they're just racking up losses. <coughs> losses, excuse me. And that's not helping. So BC needs to figure out how to get a few wins here if they're gonna really start looking at uh going to the tournament. Now they've got some winnable games coming up. They play Pitt. They play Florida State. They play Wake Forest and Duke. And Syracuse, who they've beaten. So it's not like they're playing, you know, NC State and some of those Murderer Rose, ACC, Louisville, right? You have some winnable games here. Hopefully, this is going to be some momentum building. Like, yes, it sucks that they lost. But maybe they learn, they, they, they get a little pep in their step that, like, hey, we can hang with the big dogs. We can do this. And so... To, you know, Pitt's bad. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. They don't play them until Tuesday, so they got some time to rest. But Pitt is a team that they should be able to beat, and I think that get that win. You need those ACC wins, and you need to start piling them up. You know, a nice four game win streak or five game win streak here would be just what the doctor's order doctor ordered. So we'll have to see what happens with the women's basketball team. But I guess congratulations for like a good game. It, it, again, I I. I don't know what to say. Like you want to, it stinks that they lost. You don't want to like congratulate them on losing, but you know, it was a good, it was a fun game to watch. Let's put it that way. And you know, we'll just see where they go from there in a moment. I want to talk about a question. One of our readers had uh, and listeners had about how Boston college is approaching the um, transfer portal recruiting and NIL deals. And we're going to talk about that all in just a minute. But if you are just listening to this podcast for the first time, if you are a first listener, I want to thank you. We are a daily Boston College podcast. We do this five days a week, every single day, talking about everything BC, from football, basketball, recruiting, hockey. We just talk about women's basketball. We'll talk about baseball, everything. If you like BC sports, this should be your first listen every morning. So make sure to like and subscribe to Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. The big game is this weekend. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has the up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Head on over to BetOnline where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I hope you guys had a great week. I mean, it, you know, hopefully you got out there, enjoyed it. I mean, around Boston, we've had some nice weather the last couple of days. It's been around 50, no snow, love it. But let's talk about football. 
you know, football's in the rear view right now. We're, we're getting almost into baseball season, softball season. I'm loving this talk of spring being right around the corner. I haven't even hit the ski slope this season yet, but that's what I'll be doing this weekend. But that's a whole other story. So football. Now, Jeff Halfley, as we've said on this podcast, it says he's not going to live and die in the transfer portal. And what we've seen on uh, the way on the almost going to call it the waiver wire, but the transfer portal wire um, really indicates that that's kind of what he's doing. BC has two committed transfers this year. Regan Terry, um, a defensive lineman from Arizona, and uh, Dino Tomlin, a wide receiver from Maryland and son of Mike Tomlin, a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. So they really haven't done much. And as I've said on the past episodes, I always watch the transfer portal and I, I try to make the connections of guys on the staff. Like there's a ton of guys that have entered this year uh, that have connected to Azar Abdul-Rahim, the Boston College's defensive backs coach. Uh, you know, he's a very good recruiter in the D.C. area. So during his stops at Maryland, he was a main recruiter for a lot of guys that, that entered uh, the transfer portal this year. But without fail... Every single one of those guys, all those DMV guys, have not been connected to Boston College. Uh, like, they're just, they're just having, they ended up someplace else. Ton of, I saw probably like two or three St. Francis Academy guys. Another school, Boston College, has a pretty good relationship with right now. I'm not sure how good it's going to be with the Jamal Hood thing. But that being said, they, they were not interested in them. So you see schools out there, right? You look at like Oklahoma. And US, USC is a big one right now, LSU, that are building their roster basically from the transfer portal. I mean, you know, USC, they have um, Michael Trigg, the tight end from Oklahoma. They have Caden Williams. They've added quite a few other names in there. So a reader, BC Eagle 74 asked, will Boston College adjust to this new system that, that really seems to favor uh, the transfer portal? And I, I don't see that happening. I mean, yeah, certain teams have had big players come in and do things. I mean, Georgia, Georgia themselves, though, team that won the national championship and Alabama, you know, for the most part, most of the guys on that roster, other than maybe like Henry Tuotuo, and, you know, I'm sure Georgia had a guy here or there that was a transfer. Most of those guys were, were, were homegrown. I mean, um, Stenson Bennett and Jordan Davis and Jamison Williams and, you know, their quarterback. Those guys all came locally. They were all guys that they recruited. So th for every USC, there's a Notre Dame. Notre Dame has, what, I think two commitments in the transfer portal too. So I don't think this paradigm has changed completely yet. Now there's teams that are getting guys and I just don't – I think Halfley has said what he said. He's not going to do that. And if you're expecting him to, you're in for a rude disappointment. He's he's. I don't think he's BSing here. BC is not into the transfer portal right now. And uh, 74 asked as well, like he connected it with the NIL deals. I mean, if that's what you're, if that's what you're basing what BC is going to be doing off of, good luck. I'm just going to say that right now. Like, yeah, Caleb Williams got a huge deal from Beats by Dre. But that's Caleb Williams. Boston College is not, and as much as many of you may wish, they are never going to be a team that is competing for those top recruits. Caleb Williams was the number one recruit via SI99, their, their ranking system, in 2021 or 2020. 
Boston College is never going to be in that. The Arch Mannings, the Trevor Lawrences, the DJ Weagalays, the, you know, um, Ewers, or, you know, all these guys, BC's never going to be that. They're never going to get that. So these NIL deals, that's all for the other teams that are doing all of that stuff. The Texas A&Ms, the USC's, the Oregon's, the Ohio State's. Those are the guys doing that, and they're doing it with recruits Boston College never had a chance with. Um, and and you may not want to hear that, but that's what that's the truth of the matter at this point. Right now, there are two different. I mean, there's a couple different games being played. If your if your expectation for Boston College is that they're going to compete for playoffs in a four playoff team system, you're in for disappointment. You have to, as I've said before in previous episodes, you have to set your expectations on what are some realistic things that they can do. Yeah, you want to see them go to a good bowl. You want to see them go to the New Year's Six Bowl. You want to see them maybe, you know, win an ACC championship every now and then. Will they ever be a playoff team given where they are right now, where the whole system is right now? I mean, if that's what you're really going to set your standards on, you're going to be dis. I mean, you're you're setting yourself up to be disappointed, first of all, because that's not that's like saying, oh, I'm I'm only watching BC basketball with the impression that they're going to be a Final Four team. Like, does that sound realistic to you? I don't think so. So you want to see them improve. You want to see them get to some different places, but they're not going to do it with Caleb Williams and that kind of stuff. It's just not going to. It's it's not where they're at. They're not a blue blood school. Those are blue blood schools that are now adjusting how they pay these players because. Let's be honest. We all know before NIL, those schools were paying kids to pay. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're getting houses. Their parents get houses or jobs. You know, they get cars. You see the pictures of guys five years ago before NIL coming out in like, you know, Ferraris and big cars and all that stuff. They're not getting that through work study on campus. Let's put it that way. So. I don't think things have changed all that much. Now, they're legally able to pay them, and you know some of these deals are crazy. But I don't think that impacts Boston College, and I don't think they should really be focusing on any of that. I think I like what, I like what Jeff Hathley's doing. I like his system of developing his guys, getting his guys, you know, really hitting the, the freshmen and uh, in, in the college freshmen, I mean, sorry, high school seniors, excuse me, getting them up and develop, developing in them in his system. And when there's a gap, when there's a position where you don't have enough talent to fill it right away, then you hit the transfer portal. He did it with the quarterback. He's done it with the tight end. He's done it with linebackers. And the hope is he'll eventually have more guys, but he's always going to hit a guy here or there on the transfer portal. He's just not going to get seven or eight guys. And honestly, is that a wrong thing to do? I mean, if if there's a blue blood player that you could get on campus, you do it. And he's done that now two times with Jaden Woodby and Phil Dracovic, right? He brought those guys in. Uh, there was a need. I mean, Woodby came in and he was obviously a blue blood player and took a starting spot from a guy that's been there for four years, Mike Palmer. So he's not going to not do it if it's there. But a lot of these guys, like, don't fall in love with the star system for the guys that are four years out. It, sometimes those star systems are not right. And these kids are four stars that have been buried on a bench because they're not that good or they're not, they're not adapting well to the college speed. So 
you know, I would much rather him take the chance with the guys that he can develop that he thinks are going to work for his system and then supplement them with the guys that fit or guys that are good that you're like, okay, he wants to come to Boston College and would be wants to come here. Let's get him here. So just my thoughts on that. I, and it could not, it might not work, but I think Halfley is doing the right thing because as I said before, those schools that are going bonkers adding in all of those transfers don't have the roster spots to add true freshmen. And so that's going to all trickle down to teams like Boston College, who will now be able to get higher quality freshmen because another school above them, you know, gave that slot away to a transfer. So you might see some, you know, really good recruits come to BC at some point too. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, you know, this is year three of Halfley. Let's see where how his roster development turns out in the next couple of years. In a moment, it's Super Bowl talk because it's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than Locked On NFL Podcast, Locked On NFL Bengals, and Locked On Rams. Check all of those out wherever you get your podcasts. This is time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. Not, but not this year. I'm sticking to my re- resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not a resolution because I actually do enjoy eating. Have you tried the Puffs? haven't been you're missing out on one of the best built bars and their best tasting bars pops are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallow they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're 100 covered in real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamony churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie they're so good and they have so many great flavors you gotta check them out they have 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein so go over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. On Sunday is the big game. It's the Super Bowl. I, you know, I, I'm excited to see it because it's two teams I honestly don't really care all that much about. Like, I'm not a Rams fan and I'm not a Bengals fan. They're both cool stories. I like Joe Burrows. He, he seems like a, a fun player to, to get behind. And Jamar Chase is one of the you know, the best wide receivers I've seen and heading head over to betonline.net. I put uh, a nice little sum of money on him winning the offensive rookie of the year award. And I just cashed out on that on Friday night. So cha-ching, but let's look at the game itself. I mean, there's not BC basketball is playing on Saturday uh, against Duke. That should be a fun game. And um, hopefully Wendell Carter is okay. Cause he just got his absolute bell rung on a cheap shot by uh, Clemson on Thursday. But I wanted to talk football because I'm a huge NFL fan. I like watching football whenever it's on. And there's no bigger game than the Super Bowl, right? I don't know if anyone's having Super Bowl parties this year. I miss them. Um, I saw a a great thing about, you know, if you had $15, how would you spend it on food and drinks? And they did that whole, like, $5, $4. And I, I said $5 on beer, $5 on nachos, and put the $5 on the Rams. But there's no Boston College connection really this year. Wyatt Ray is playing, or he's on the roster. He was hurt, I think, for a couple, at least a couple of the playoff games. He's the third-string defensive end. Um, so, you know, the Boston College fan in you might want to think for the for, for sake of having an Eagle win at all. That would be great. Um, but... I, I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to root for in this. I know using my betonline.net account, I have the Rams at minus four. I just, in this game, I, you know, the Bengals have done some crazy things. Obviously, beating Kansas City and, and outgunning Patrick Mahomes 
is is quite the feat in itself, right? And Joe Burrows, he's turning himself into one of those legends of like a guy that just can do anything when they need to. Uh, he's the comeback player of the year. He 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 moves the pocket as well as anyone I've seen in college football, I mean NFL football. So I'm not sh- ready to rule him out yet. But man, that Rams defense is going to be they're going to feast on Cincinnati's terrible offensive line. And you know, as much as I love Joe Burrows, on that other side, Aaron Donald is one of the best defensive players I've ever seen in my life. Now, obviously, Lawrence Taylor was around when I first started watching football. He will probably be number one for the rest of my life. But Aaron Donald is right up there. The dude is a mauler on on defense. And I think if you're a Cincinnati fan, you're going to have nightmares of what he could do to that Cincinnati offensive line. So you add in Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and a couple other really good defensive players, that defense could be really effective against Cincinnati. That being said, you never know what Joe Burrows is going to do, right? And then the Rams offense, Connor Cup, Cooper Cup, excuse me, is, you know, set all those records this year. You have him, you have Cam Akers coming back. I'm going to go with the Rams in this. And that's my pick. And I'm going to go with them by 7. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. So, give me that. That's my bet. I as many of you know, I'm a huge rap fan. If you've ever read my final thoughts and, and predictions, I really like hip hop. I am so pumped about the Super Bowl uh, halftime show. There's been so many years I just could care, couldn't care less. Um, and this year, having Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar, that's like an all-star land. That's something I would love to see. So I can't wait for that. Um, and my last thought on the Super Bowl is just thinking ahead. I always, again, go back to that Boston College lens again. Who will be the next Boston College player to win the, the the Super Bowl. I've already said I don't think the Bengals are going to win, so I'm not going to rule. I'm going to rule Wyatt Ray out of this one. My my pick, unless some guys change around next year, and we saw John Johnson go to the Browns last year, and you know you never know where Zion Johnson could end up, or you know another guy in the draft. Like right now, if I was to pick right now, the guy for next year that it would be my favorite would actually be two. If Tommy Sweeney's still on the Bills roster. And Matt Milano. I still think the Bills are building something there. I think another year with Josh Allen and maybe adding a few more pieces to that offense. Give me the Bills. I think I think uh, Matt Milano will be the next BC player to win a Super Bowl championship. So enjoy the Super Bowl. I hope you guys get to have some time with some friends. Enjoy a nice draft or um, eat some really nice buffalo wings if that's your style. Um, but enjoy so I'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about the Duke and Boston College game, BC men's hockey. We'll see if they can end their slide. I mean, they're playing UConn tonight. We'll see if they can fit it, figure that out, and we'll talk about everything in between. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Please follow us on YouTube and check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone. I am hitting the ski slopes. I'll see you all again soon. Take care.